Hello, everyone. We are glad that you have joined us today. I know that there's a lot of other things that you could be doing with your time, but I don't think there's anything that's going to end up being more valuable than what you have chosen to do in the next few moments. So thanks for joining us, whether you're joining us at one of our area triad locations or you're joining us online. So glad that you have decided to check us out today and we are excited because we are in the series, actually we're wrapping it up today, this called Personal. I've loved this because we've talked about so many good things. It's really helped me when we talk about our faith. It's not private, but it is personal. And we've been talking about what that means. We've talked about the purpose of our lives and how it's connected to the people in our lives. In week two, we talked about finding common ground with people and how important that is. Last week, we talked about the everyday moments in our lives that are really big opportunities to make an impact in people's lives and how that affects our lives as well. So if you've missed any of these past weeks, you might want to go to our website, our app, and get caught up. You can do that anytime, by the way. And today we're going to talk about, at the end of this series, why this series has been so important and why everything in the last three weeks matters and why all of that is important. The bottom line is the world we live in is really, really jacked up. The world we live in is mess, right? We live in a crazy, messed up world. And I'm not complaining. I'm not griping. I'm just acknowledging what we all know is true. It's a messed up world, right? I mean, if you look at it, on the international level, you got all these wars and unrest and crisis, people being pushed out of their homes and out of their countries and native lands. Now they're refugees and, and how heartbreaking that is. On the national level, we see it. It's a mess, right? The political landscape that we have right now in our nation, regardless of what side of the aisle you're on, regardless of who you voted for, ain't in a mess, Okay, one word, insurance. You guys don't think that's funny? That's hilarious. Or maybe it's so painful it's not funny, right? I mean, my goodness, what a mess. Regardless of what side you're on and regardless of what you think about it, man, that is a big old mess. Then you got this immigration stuff. What are we going to do about that? You know, race, has it ever been a bigger issue? I mean, we think, oh, that was way back in the 50s and the 60s. Oh, really? I mean, you've been paying attention in the last couple of years. I mean, are we still struggling with that? You look around you and there's all these talks about gender and sexuality and where does it come from and what's it about? Now, listen, I'm not going to get into any of that today. Aren't you glad? (laughs) Some of you are like, oh, no, man, let's do it. (laughs) No, you don't want me to do that. (laughs) All I'm saying is, It's a mess, right? And then personally, you got messed up finances, messed up relationships, stuff messed up at work, your career, you know, and all these decisions you're making. Maybe your health is a challenging situation to you. So here we are in a messed up world, in a messed up country, and we are messed up people. So people now are a crazy mess. So basically what I'm saying is, it's crazy out there and it's crazy in here. You feel it? I do. You sense that? You see it? 
Do you feel the weight of that? Do you feel the burden of that? That's not a surprise to any of us. And if you're not a Christian or maybe you're not a church-going person and and you're here for the first time or you're tuning in online today for the first time or maybe that's why you're watching online because you want to make sure we're not weird. Sorry, we are. (laughs) So are you. So welcome. Maybe, Maybe that's why you're here. Maybe that's why you were invited. And maybe that's why next week you're going to bring somebody with you or you're going to invite somebody else to watch with you. It's because you feel that. You know that. And today we're going to talk about God's plan to remedy that. Because here's the deal. People are in need. Everywhere people are in need. I'm in need. You're in need. All of us are in need. You don't meet one person. You don't talk with one person. You don't interact with one person in your family, where you work, in your neighborhood, at school, in your classroom. doesn't matter. Who's not in need. And there's lots of opinions out there of what people need and what will fix the situation that we're in, in desperate need. We're in need, you know, spiritually, emotionally, physically, relationally. A lot of people in our world say, oh, we need new legislation. That'll fix it. Now, legislation is important. It certainly has its place. But will policy, will a new policy fix the mess we're in? Really? I mean, maybe put a Band-Aid on it here and there, but I would venture to say it's bigger, it's deeper than what legislation can do. Oh, we just need to pass a law. We just need to, and we get that law, and we get this bill, and we do that, then that'll just, that'll, that'll fix it. I don't, I don't think so. It's bigger than that. Now, legislation's important. I'm not knocking it. I'm just saying, that's not the answer. Other people say, oh, well, People just need a voice. Their voices aren't heard. Do we hear that a lot? Right? We're going to give these people a voice and this people a voice and this group of people need a voice and they need a voice. And listen, there's nothing wrong with giving people a voice and I have no problem with people having their voices heard. That's not a problem, but I don't think it's going to fix anything. Why? Because if you're like me, you hear a lot of voices already. Well, I mean, not like that. (laughs) And there's meds for that, but you know what I mean. I'm bombarded. You're bombarded. We're all bombarded with voices telling us all different things. Do this, do that, believe this. They're right. No, they're right. They're wrong. No, they're wrong. This is the answer. That's the answer. There's all these different voices. And so the answer can't be, oh, we just need somebody else's voice at the conversation. Now, if we hear their voice, that suddenly clears up everything else we're hearing. No, 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 no. It's just another voice in the confusing mix. We got. And so I, I don't know if you're like me, but I, I can often get confused, disillusioned, hmm, weary, even fearful of all that's swirling around us. Let me just go ahead and tell you what I think people really need. And I'm going to tell you this, and it's going to come as a shock to you. You ready? I'm being sarcastic. People need Jesus. Surprise! You came to church and they told you people need Jesus. And I told you people need Jesus. Some of you are thinking, man, you pastors, you're all the same. 
just, yeah, I knew that. I can't believe I came to church. I can't believe I stopped what I was doing. I'm watching online. I can't believe that I canceled my plans to be here so you could tell me what I could figure it out that you would probably said some version of anyway is that we all need Jesus. But see, nothing's, nothing's truer. Legislation's not going to fix what only Jesus can. Hearing your voice, that may have its place, but that's not going to fix what only Jesus can. People need Jesus. Now hang with me. This presents a problem, though. Even though you may agree with me, yeah, man, that's right, Pastor, you tell them, you tell them. Well, I'm telling you. I'm telling me. This presents a challenge. You know what the challenge is? People do need Jesus, but Jesus ain't here. People need Jesus, but you're not going to see Jesus on the street. I can't see Jesus. You can't see Jesus because Jesus is not here. I can't talk to Jesus like I can talk to you, and you can't talk to me, talk to Jesus like you can talk to me as far as a physical conversation because he's not here. Now, I'm not talking about spiritually. I'm talking physically, really. You tell somebody you need Jesus. They may agree with you, but then what are they supposed to do? Okay, well, how do I get that? I don't know where he is. I don't see him. Jesus isn't here. But Jesus knew that was going to happen, and he had a plan to remedy that. We're going to talk about that, the plan. And it's really what makes this whole personal series worthwhile. What we're going to talk about in the next few minutes is going to help us understand why it is so personal and why it matters the way it does. Jesus said something to his closest followers in the first century that I want to share with you. In fact, I want to share a few things he said. I'm going to take you on a little journey. And the whole purpose of this is to help you see what the plan was. Jesus knew he was going to be leaving earth and going to heaven and leaving us here to finish accomplishing his mission. Not that what Jesus did on earth wasn't done. He actually said it is finished, which meant... He had done everything that he needed to do to be the savior of the world. Now he then passed the baton to us because there was something he wanted us to do. And in order for us to do it, he had to leave. And now we're up to bat. And before I share with you what Jesus said, some of these things you need to understand, this is for you. You might be tempted to say, well, that's just something for the disciples. No, no. Oh, that's just something for pastors and staff, church staff, you know, professional, Jesus professional people. No, no. If you're a follower of Jesus, what I'm getting ready to tell you is for you. Every man, every woman, every boy, every girl, every teenager that is a follower of Jesus Christ. You're trusting and following Jesus? This is for you. And if you're not a follower of Jesus, you're getting ready to see behind the curtain. You're getting ready to understand what this is about and how it's supposed to go down. So Jesus said, in his final days on earth, and if you're a summit regular attender, some of this at the beginning is going to be familiar to you. This is some of the things he told his followers, and this was the plan. Jesus said, now I'm giving you a new commandment, fellas. Love each other just as I've loved you. You should love each other. Fellas, you, you've spent the last three and a half years with me, and you've, you've experienced how I've loved you. Now, I want you to go love each other, and I want you to love the people around you just like I've loved you. 
I've treated you in certain ways. I want you to treat each other in the same way. You pay attention and remember how I have loved you. I want you to love each other that way. Why? Here's why. He goes on. Your love for one another, what love? Well, the, the same love that I loved you, you loved each other, that kind of love, will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Now catch this. The reason this is familiar to you, because it's the foundation of receiving and sharing the love of Jesus. We've talked about that and we continue to talk about it. It's why we exist as a church. To help people take their next steps in receiving and sharing the love of Jesus. But Jesus said, here's how it's going to work, y'all. I'm getting ready to leave. But I want you to love each other the way I've loved you. And when you love each other the way I've loved you, this will be the proof to the world that you are connected to what I was here to do. That you and I are on the same page. In other words, when you begin to love each other the way I have loved you, people will begin to connect the dots between me and you. And you and me. And then them and me. People need Jesus, but Jesus ain't here. So Jesus has a plan, and the plan begins with when you love each other the way I've loved you, you're the proof. You're the proof that this was right. And then right before he left earth, he died, he was buried, he rose again, and right in some of the final moments that he was on planet earth, he looks to the same group of followers, and he tells them this. John records it. He says, as the Father has sent me, as God the Father sent me, so I am sending you. Oh, you mean pastors? No, I mean you. Oh, you mean just the disciples? No, I mean you. So you put your name there with you. Imagine Jesus looking you eyeball to eyeball and says, just like God sent me to this earth, I am sending you. Now, I see, Jesus, you don't understand. I haven't, I haven't been to seminary. I don't been to one of them bare Bible schools, and I don't know nothing. No, 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 you. No, you see, you don't understand. I'm an introvert, and I don't, I don't like people. No, you. No, you say I'm a jerk, and people don't like me. No, you. <laughs> you. You trust and follow me. I am sending you. There are people, we'll get to this in a second. I'm just going to give you a highlight. There are people in your life all around your life and all up in your life who need Jesus and God's plan. See, Jesus ain't here. He ain't coming to dinner, okay? He's not gonna show up tomorrow morning with them at work. People need Jesus. And Jesus' plan is sending you. You're the plan. I'm the plan. We're the plan. We're proof when we love each other. This is genius. I can talk about this a whole lot. This is Jesus' genius plan. We're the proof when we love each other the way he loved us. Not only, but we're the proof. We're also the plan to make it happen. And then right before Jesus left earth, like seconds before he left earth, this is what he told his followers. He said, you will receive power when the Holy Spirit comes upon you and you will be my witnesses. And that's how it's possible that we can be witnesses that's how it's possible that we can do this is through the power of his spirit that he gives us. And you will be my witnesses, standing in my place, doing my things, accomplishing my mission. 
telling people about me everywhere, in Jerusalem, throughout Judea, in Samaria, and to the ends of the earth, which applies to where you are and I am right here, right now, to the ends of the earth. That's the plan. And he's given us power to do it. Now, in the first century, that's exactly what they did. They began to not just tell people about Jesus, but they began to show them what it looks like to follow Jesus. And we'll talk about this a little bit more in just a few minutes, but that's the power of this, is when you don't just tell people about Jesus everywhere you go, and that's important, but then you show them a life that has been transformed by Jesus. And that's exactly what they did in the first century. They loved people like Jesus loved, okay? Because that's what he said. You love each other the way I've loved you. I'm sending you to do this. And so you go be my witnesses. You go be me. Tag, you're it. Well, you see, I, I, don't, I don't know, Jesus. I haven't been trained. I don't, haven't been to class. No, it doesn't matter. Tag, you're it. You know how to love each other the way I've loved you. So I'm sending you. You go be my witnesses. You're it. So you need to consider yourself up to plate for the people in your life that you live with, that you work with, that that are in your neighborhood, where where you live, at your job, all those people, you're up. And Jesus has given you the power of his spirit to make it happen. Not just telling them, but showing them. And you know what that means? When we show people the love of Jesus, Jesus then is present through us. So Jesus left earth and said, if you will go be me, then that will enable me to be wherever you are because I'm in you. I've given you my spirit and you are now my witnesses. Now, boys, that'll change the way you look at yourself in the mirror. That'll change the way you see yourself as a dad, as a mom, as a brother, as a sister, as a neighbor, as a friend, as an employer, as an employee. That'll change the way you see yourself. That I'm, I'm, I am supposed to be Jesus in their life. No, I'm not the savior of the world. No, you're not the savior of the world. But he has tapped us and said, tag, you guys are on. Go, go be me. Go point people to me. Go tell people about me everywhere. Be my witnesses. And one of the most powerful ways to do this, and we saw this last week, I mean, a couple of weeks ago, when Eric, Pastor Eric and, and Chris, they were talking together about finding common ground with people. Let me just go back to what they shared real quick because you'll see the purpose of it again. Paul said, I try to find common ground with everyone. I mean, this is the way it happens. This is genius. I find common ground with everyone doing everything I can to save some. I do everything to spread the good news and share in its blessings. I do everything I can to find find common ground, try to find common ground with everyone so that I can share the good news with everyone. And it's not just telling them, it's actually showing them in your life. In other words, he's saying, I find common ground so I can be good news. And that gives me the opportunity to share the good news. See, a lot of times we just want to talk about the good news. We don't want to be good news. And Jesus was all about how we treat each other, how we love each other the way he has loved us. He said, so I'm going to go send you to do that. You're going to be my witnesses. So go find common ground with each other and with the people that I've put in your lives so that you can be good news, so that you can share the good news, pointing people back to Jesus. See, the truth is people need Jesus, but Jesus ain't here 
So here's the truth. So they need people who follow Jesus. That was the plan. Jesus knew this was gonna happen. It was part of the design from the very beginning. The people in your life that you love and you care about, that you do life with, they desperately need Jesus, but Jesus ain't here. So that means they need you because you follow Jesus. People need people who follow Jesus. But you think of your life that way. You know, you, you, you know, you know them, they're in your family. You have those thoughts, and you need Jesus, right? You work with them, oh, brother, oh, my boss. Yeah, you're right, they do. But Jesus ain't gonna show up anytime soon, probably, at your work like that. I'm not saying he couldn't. God can do anything. Just going on the track record, he's sticking to the plan. You know what the plan is? You're gonna work tomorrow. You're gonna go to work the next day. You're gonna text them, you're gonna email them, you're gonna have an interaction with you and Jesus says, I'll do it through you. Go be me, go be me to each other. See, it's not enough just to tell people about Jesus, we have to show them Jesus in our lives. Information does not lead to transformation nearly as much as we would like to think. So for those of us that are tempted to say, well, I told them, I tell them, preacher, I told them, you're going to hell, man. I told him, my job's done. Blood's off my hands. I told her, you're going to hell, girl. I told her, I just said, you're messed up, and I'm done. I tell them all the time. I point my finger in my face, and listen, I'm a bold witness for Jesus. I get right up in their grill, and I tell them. I tell them. All you're doing is making people mad, man. All you're doing, you're going to get punched. In the name of Jesus, you're going to get punched. It's going to be your own dang fault, Okay. So come on. It's not enough just to tell them. Show them. Here's the deal. And I know this rubs some of you the wrong way, but here's the truth. Even when Jesus was on the earth, he wasn't just going around sharing a message about himself. He offered himself. He wasn't just teaching people, hey, my name is Jesus. I was born in Bethlehem and the shepherds and the wise men and the you know, he didn't do that and then go right down there. You know, then I went to the temple when I was 12 and I'm going to be crucified and all that kind of stuff. He, he, that wasn't, he just didn't go into his big long smeal about who he was and what he was there to do. Now he talked about who he was, but everything he told people stuck with people because Jesus just didn't offer a message about himself. He offered himself. He served people. He loved people. He met their needs. He saw messy people, and he got messy with them. Now, I'm not saying he did what they did, but he crawled right up into the mess and said, let's work on this together. Jesus didn't run from the messes. He walked into them, and he offered himself. And as they connected with Jesus personally, then they listened to Jesus teach what he was going to teach spiritually. Do you see how that works? So Jesus had a message But the message stuck with people because he offered himself. You may want to tell people things, but what you tell them really, really is only going to take root when you connect with them personally. Show them who Jesus is. Because people need Jesus, but that means they just need you. Because you follow Jesus. And that was the plan. You need a connection with them so that you can help them make a connection with him. 
they need a connection with us first so that we can help them connect with him. You tell them and you show them. It's the best way to tell them is to show them. It's like show and tell. Remember show and tell, show and tell in elementary school? I hope they still do that. I hope, I hope your kids and or your nieces and nephews, you know, I hope they still get to do that. I mean, I don't even know why you go to school if you don't have show and tell on Fridays. Man, that was what we lived for was show and tell. I want to share with you my shining moment. Show and tell. Shining moment. Third grade. I brought my Rambo knife to school. <laughs> and the reason that's funny to you now, because we can't do that now. When I was in third grade, I brought my Rambo knife to school and nobody said nothing. <laughs> nobody batted an eye. And you know, a Rambo knife, a Rambo knife... It's not, not just a knife. It's a knife. Like this long kind of knife, right? Walk a Dundee kind of thing. Like just. And I remember all day long sitting at my desk with my Rambo knife sitting right on the edge of my desk. It was right there. You know, one of those words that I'm like, I'm going to cut you, man. I mean, no, nobody's worried about that. It's just happened. Time's changed. Show and tell. Rambo knives were so cool. And the end was a compass. Remember that? Anybody else have a Rambo knife? Change your life. Rambo knife had a little compass on the end. I can remember playing out back when I was a kid behind my house, just acres of woods behind my house. And I could see my house through the woods, but I was using a compass. Where do I go? What do I do? This is awesome. You know, and inside the the shaft of the knife, you know, you've got fishing line, you've got fishing hooks, you've got a sinker, there's firewood and lunch and everything else an eight-year-old boy needs to survive in the backyard. I'm not kidding, man. And so, now, now imagine, had I just shown up to show and tell and just told them about my Rambo knife. I mean, even if I was a good storyteller, they're going to be like, yeah, yeah, right, yeah, right. No, I had to show them. Because see and show and tell, what you have to say, it's not all that interesting if you ain't got nothing to show them. Are you with me? You ever done that? You ever showed up to show and tell and forgot it at home and like, I can't stand up and just tell them about it. They're going to be like, yeah, right. I got to show them something. You see that? That's, you see where I'm going with this? Guys, guys, spiritually, this is where we are. We think as followers of Jesus, well, I tell them, I'm going to tell them, I'm going to tell them, and that's going to be it. No, listen, what you are going to say when you tell them is not going to stick near as well as it would if you would show them. I mean, you can tell them about Jesus or you can show them a life that's been transformed by Jesus so that when you start to talk about Jesus, they go, oh, that makes sense. I see it. I don't just hear it. I see it, and I want that. I need that. See, people need Jesus, so that means they need you showing them a life that's transformed by Jesus. Just go be Jesus to people. Just don't go be Jesus to people. Go be a light. Go be a light in this dark, crazy, messed up world. You know, it's interesting when we walk into a dark room, we don't complain about how dark the darkness is. You just go flick on the light, right? You'll go through your house and you just... You hit the button and you'll keep going. You never walk into a dark room and say, it is so dang dark in here because you haven't turned on the light. Christians, we have a way about just complaining about the darkness. We complain about, oh, that darkness is so dark. Why, I just wish we were back in the good old days. You know. 
And some of us that are younger, we don't even know what the good old days are. We just know that they were better, right? We're like, what? Like those of us in our 20s together, you know, we, didn't, we, didn't, we haven't been around that long. We complain about how bad it is and how awful it is and how messed up it is. But how about instead of spending our time doing that, we just walk into the room and turn on the light. And when you turn on the light, you don't have to tell the darkness to do anything. It just goes. It's affected by the light. If you would just walk into the dark situations in the people's lives in your life and you would just be a light. That was the plan from the beginning. Jesus said, okay, I've been loving you. You've been experiencing how I'm loving you. Now you go love each other the way I've loved you. And so when you love each other the way I've loved you, the world will look and they say, that's proof. Those dots, I'm connecting those dots. They've been with Jesus. They represent Jesus. And so Jesus said, so that's the plan. So I'm going to send you just like God sent me. So you go be my witnesses. You go be me. Tag, you're it. Go find common ground with each other because people need Jesus. But I'm not going to be here, but you are. And my presence is going to be in you and through you. So which means they need people who know and follow Jesus. See, that's the genius plan of the whole thing. See, it's crazy out there. And it's crazy in here. I feel it, you feel it. You're surrounded with people who feel it. And we may be tempted from time to time to just kind of throw up our hands and go, oh, yeah, I can't worry about everybody else's messed up life. I can barely keep mine together. And some of you were thinking, some of you were feeling that. You said, well, that sounds good. I would love to help somebody else. But what about me? My life is so jacked up. My life is so messed up. I got so many problems of my own. I can hardly see straight. And how am I supposed to be a help of anybody else with all these issues I have? Well, see, that's the beauty of it. As much as I'm surrounded with people who need Jesus, I still need Jesus every day. And as much as you are surrounded by people who are so messed up and they need Jesus, you still need Jesus every day. And the beauty of the plan is that we're all in need of Jesus. And so that's why God has put us in each other's life. It's personal. He's put us in each other's lives so we can help each other. We can connect with each other so that we can help each other make connections with him. See, I'm not the Savior. You're not the Savior. He is, but we can sure help people get there. And that's the genius of the plan all along. That's why people need you. Because you know and follow Jesus. That's why people need us, church. To meet them in their fear, to meet them in their confusion, to meet them in their problems, to meet them in their feelings of hopelessness and lostness. Because it's crazy out there. And it's crazy in here. And no, we can't make all their problems go away. And no, we can't fix their messed up life, but we can take them to one and we can show them one who can. The only one. And it's not a piece of legislation. And it's not give them power so that they can give them a voice so that they feel empowered. And all that has its place, people need Jesus. So that means they need us. So my question to you is, who in your life needs Jesus? What's his name? What's her name? Who do you need to text? Who do you need to call? Who do you need to email? Who do you need to have a sit down face-to-face conversation with? Who is it? You know what God's plan is? 
to get Jesus to them? It's you. Jesus is literally saying to us, just what he said to his followers then, just like God sent me, I am now sending you. Because you know me and you follow me. You know it will help? What will help is that we never forget where God has brought us from. That we never forget, those of us who are following Jesus, never forget what God has done in our lives. That we can help each other, even in our own need of Jesus. Because God has done so much in our lives. All we got to do is help people experience what we've experienced. All we got to do is point them in the right direction. Steve Brown I read this not long ago, and I think this is fantastic. Steve Brown is a radio guy. He's been in the radio for many years, and he said this. I wrote it down. I want to share it with you. He said, we're all beggars who have found bread who are simply to tell others where we found it. And you know what's better? Let me take this one step further than just to tell people where we found it. Like, it's over there somewhere. It's to show them. Take them to it. So, yeah, tell them. Tell them the good news. Tell them about Jesus. But go be good news so that you can really share the good news. Go show them a life transformed by Jesus so that it will make sense to them. Because you know they need Jesus. They know they need Jesus. It's quite obvious they're in need of Jesus. But Jesus ain't here. So he's sending you. And he's sending me. Guys, it's personal. It's anything but private. This relationship with God thing is personal. And it always has been and it still will be and always will be a person to person to person to person kind of thing. Who in your life needs Jesus? Which is another way of asking who needs you because you follow Jesus. Go be Jesus to them. And let me pray for you. Our Father, we thank you for this simple challenge, this transparent display of your plan. And you didn't try to hide it. You weren't secretive about it. You made it very clear that we were the proof and we were the plan and we were going to be the evidence that you are the Savior of the world, that you came to do what we could never do, and that is give yourself as the perfect sacrifice for sin. So that anyone puts their trust in you would have new life on earth, eternal life in heaven, and a connection, a personal connection with God. But people don't know that. People don't see that. People can't feel that. People can't believe that. Because, Father, you're not here physically telling them anymore, but you sent us. That was the plan. You put us in charge of letting people know and showing them. So for every follower of Jesus under the sound of my voice, I ask that you show us in our lives who needs you. And out of our own need for you, who have you put in our lives to help take their next steps? As we love them the way you loved us, you are sending us to be your witnesses, to be you in their lives to find common ground and connect with them so that we can help them connect with you. Show us who it is and give us the strength and the courage and the wisdom to do it. As we trust you, may we lead many, many others to trust you. In Jesus' name, amen.